Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, unanswered questions remain over the sudden resignation of the Chief of the Defence Staff. I can't talk about any investigation. Um, that's uh, for obvious reason. We have to allow for an independent investigation uh, to occur. But one thing I can tell you, how seriously we take any allegation. We have, have an absolute zero tolerance policy. And as I've stated before, regardless of rank, regardless of position, that we will take uh, action. A call from some Conservatives to suspend the hotel quarantine policy. The government's quarantine program is in complete ruins. The hotline doesn't work. Travelers are ignoring the quarantine and waltzing right out of the airport, sometimes receiving fines, sometimes not. And a virtual visit between the Prime Minister the Minister of Foreign Affairs and the U.S. Secretary of State. They will be building on that so-called partnership roadmap that was announced on Tuesday where they talked about climate change and defending human rights um, and defending our shared defense and security. It's Friday, February 26th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. We're joined by HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief, Althea Raj. Good morning, Althea. Good morning, Mark. So what is the latest on the departure of the Chief of the Defence Staff amid allegations, uh, the second Chief of the Defence Staff in a row who has faced such allegations, and what kinds of questions are being raised now about the state of the leadership of the Canadian Armed Forces? Yeah, I would say actually that the questions are not, well, there's two sets of questions. There is the internal questions about a problem that I think if you speak to lots of people in the forces, um, they are unsurprised by the allegations coming forward. It, and in some way, we may be seeing the Me Too moment of the Canadian Armed Forces. The other sets of questions are really being asked if our political leader is about who knew what when. Um, and yesterday, on Thursday, Murray Brewster, CBC senior reporter, um, basically laid out the timeline as he knew it about when these allegations first, or when this investigation first started, I should say, around the time that the new CDS was sworn in, which would be about January 14th. Um, and one of the things that is uh, interesting, maybe interesting is the wrong word, um, is that the government is refusing to say what actually went how the vetting process actually happened, what goes through a vetting process. They're hiding behind, and I say hiding because they can actually describe what goes into the vetting process. They're hiding behind the excuse that there's an ongoing investigation and therefore they can't comment. But actually, you know, aside from the, the specifics of the investigation, talking about the process that leads people to be appointed, that is not covered under the investigation. There's no real reason for them not to tell us um, what went through. You know, like if, right. I mean, I remember taking a, a trip, a group travel, and I had to get a police report saying that, you know, I, there is, I have nothing in my file. You know, does the PMO, PCO verify whether or not there are ongoing investigations? Nobody expects the Prime Minister's office or the Privy Council office to investigate every single person the potential CDS has spoken to over the past 20 years. But they should be able to say, um, you know, what questions they asked and whether or not they knew. And those questions still have not been answered. And then I suspect that the Conservatives are going to be pressing on that front. Yeah. 
All right. Another area where the Conservatives are pressing, of course, is on the hotel quarantine policy. Um, And there are a couple of uh, points to make about this. Obviously, uh, as has been discussed earlier in the week, there have been a number of complaints from people trying to book hotels about long waits on hold, dropped calls, uh, cumbersome process, um, and very few people having been processed through the system in a, in the early days of many Canadians trying to return home and others trying to come into the country. Uh, and then there have also been reports of sexual assaults, alleged sexual assaults that have taken place at the hotels. And the Conservatives are now saying that the program should be suspended. Um, what's the latest on this, and how likely is it that that any of this is going to be revisited? Yeah, this was the, uh, the one of the key topics, I would say, in question period on Thursday. Michelle Rempel-Garner, who's the health critic, was um, quite good in her questioning of the government, uh, describing the um, the stress that uh, one of the women who is alleging being sexually assaulted must have felt about being basically driven to a place she didn't know and then having this happen to her. Um, and the government, you know, I, will, I mean, I don't want to be mean, but it really did not answer the questions with, the sympathy that you would expect from the self-described feminist government. Um, There was a a complete lack of sympathy and the answers over and over again, like as a tape recorded uh, response was that um, basically these people should not have traveled abroad and that the government is, you know, pressing forward with the quarantines and do the conservatives want the government to get rid of the quarantines and frankly that is something the conservatives said that they i think surprisingly said that they would like the government to do which is basically until they can guarantee that everybody is safe um put on hold the quarantine requirements in these uh, hotel establishments Clearly, there is a middle ground between both parties, but it seems that neither one of them is interested in exploring that, or at least not verbalizing it, uh, which is an an unfortunate case of our politics at the moment. Um, But, uh, you know, the government has spent considerable resources trying to set up this program, a program that was demanded by the premiers and, frankly, the opposition parties themselves, who felt that uh, Ottawa was not doing enough to stop the spread of the variants. Right. Um, obviously, Ottawa needs to do more to ensure a smooth booking process um, and to guarantee people's safety. I mean, it's completely unacceptable that this would happen, but... You know, it is probably not the fault of the federal government, but uh, there are gaps that uh, this is demonstrating. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the trio liberals should be showing more sympathy towards the victims than uh, the alleged victims, I should say, than they are at the moment. Yeah. And you raise an interesting point about how there were many people calling for t- tougher measures at the border. And, and this type of quarantine is one of those kinds of measures. So, um uh, all right, let's let's turn from that to uh, what we're expecting today, a virtual visit that's going to take place between Marc Arnault, the Foreign Affairs Minister, the Prime Minister, and the U.S. Secretary of State. And obviously this is a follow-up to the meetings that took place earlier this week uh, in which the Prime Minister and U.S. President Joe Biden met along with several members of Cabinet. Yeah, so it's been like the uh, meet and greet uh <laughs> 
soup or a meeting all week long. There was that bilateral meeting on Tuesday with the, uh, a larger cabinet presence after um, Wilkinson and Kerry have met. Uh, the Secretary of Transport and the Transport Minister have met, and now uh, we have the Foreign Affairs Minister meeting his counterpart. And, you know, we're going back to a system where we actually learn more from the Americans than we do about the Canadians. So um, Secretary, Secretary Blinken is basically hosting well, no, he's doing what he's what the White House is calling virtual tours, or the State Department are calling virtual tours. He's going to Mexico, quote unquote, here, <laughs> and then uh, he's going to Canada, quote unquote. Obviously, not leaving the State Department, um, and he is having a meeting with the Foreign Affairs Minister. A lot of the themes that the U.S. Department of State outlined uh, for reporters are basically picking up on the themes that were discussed on Tuesday. Um, so. Uh, COVID-19, working together, uh, climate change. There were a couple of specific questions uh, that were put to the um, press attaches that were briefing on this quote-unquote trip, Um, but they were basically the same answers that we received earlier in the week from the White House. So it doesn't seem like there is going to be um, that much in terms of deliverables, and maybe that explains why the Canadian side hasn't you know, done a background briefing with reporters, for example. Um, I'm told that a meeting with the prime minister is basically just like a courtesy call. Uh, he doesn't expect to be there the entire time. It's more like he would meet with the secretary if he was in Ottawa. So that's is going to happen. But they will be building on that so-called um, roadmap, partnership roadmap that was announced on Tuesday, where they talked about climate change and defending human rights. Um, and defending our shared defense and security. So these are themes that we obviously expect um, some some sort of communications, but not uh, much in terms of deliverables. And I think that if I can just ramble on a little bit longer here, I think it's interesting to note that, um, you know, we still haven't heard anything from the Canadian side about whether or not they've pressed for vaccines from Michigan, for example, or whether more was done to press on a waiver on the Buy American provisions, or what exactly was the ask from the Canadian side with regards to the two Michaels still imprisoned in China. And the answer is basically that none of these things were um, centered to the discussions on Tuesday. So will they be um, part of Minister Garneau's asks? today that, yeah. you know, that is going to be uh, I think key at least for reporters that are covering this and then the one interesting thing to note because it didn't happen earlier this week is that there will be media availability so this afternoon at 4 30 um, there will be a chance to ask questions all right we will see what they say Althea thank you so much have a great weekend thank you very much you too Mark that's Althea Raj HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief starting next week we anticipate having 444,000 doses weekly uh, in March. By the end of this quarter, we will have distributed 4 million doses of Pfizer-BioNTech. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Globe and Mail argues that with millions of COVID-19 vaccine doses on the way, the provinces had better be ready. The Globe writes, with vaccine deliveries set to increase dramatically, Questions remain about how ready the provinces are to book appointments, jab patients, track results, 
and compile data on outcomes and adverse reactions. There's reason to hope all will go well. But as with so many things about Canada's response to the pandemic, a lot of planning for the inevitable and the unexpected has once again been left to the final minutes of the 11th hour. In the Toronto Star, Thomas Walkham argues, Justin Trudeau's meeting with Joe Biden signals the end of Canada's independent foreign policy. Walkham writes, Tuesday's meeting signaled that the Americans are willing to forgive and forget our dalliance with Beijing, provided that we never do it again. In their communique issued after the meeting, they agreed to more closely align their approaches to China, but the main point of the exercise was to emphasize that relations between Canada and the U.S. are back to normal. The Americans will run things, and Canada will do what it can to help. In the Ottawa Citizen, Andrew McDougall argues Aaron O'Toole needs to spark up a few big ideas, not just wait for Justin Trudeau to slip. McDougall writes, The Liberals will be reading off an old script come election time. Stephen Harper, far-right, nasty, scary, guns, abortion, social conservatives, run for your life. A few Hey Guys, It's Me, Aaron videos aren't going to stop it from working. Some would argue it's out of O'Toole's hands, and governments defeat themselves. There is some truth in that, but it's time to show, not tell. O'Toole's ideas might not all be winners, but it's better to get stoned for big policy than it is to lose to a tired old script. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. Two House of Commons committees continue their work today, both looking into ethical issues and questions that still hang over the government. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more. Mark, at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Commons Ethics Committee will continue its look into the potential conflict of interest in the Trudeau government's now-defunct offering of that contract to the WE charity. Now, many people would be surprised to know that that committee's work is continuing. And today, it hears from yet another former staff member from the WE charity, as well as another charity worker and specialist. The other committee, which is also sitting, is the Defence Committee. It's looking into those allegations of sexual misconduct which have been levelled at former Chief of Defence Staff, now retired, Jonathan Vance. That committee will hear from three experts specialising in military culture, the military workplace and ethics, and women in the military. So mark a busy Friday afternoon for both committees. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will hold a news conference to speak about the COVID-19 situation, along with... Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc, Health Minister Patty Haidu, and Public Services Minister Anita Anand. This afternoon, he'll join Foreign Affairs Minister Marc Garneau for a virtual meeting with the United States Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will take part in the virtual G20 Finance Ministers and Central Bank Governors meeting hosted by Italy. Economic Development Minister Melanie Jolie will take part in a news conference about support for the Digital Identity Laboratory of Canada. National Revenue Minister Diane Le Boutelier will participate in a news conference about government support for Marinov. Immigration Minister Marco Mendocino will attend a special virtual citizenship ceremony to mark Black History Month. And Minister of Seniors Deb Schulte will host information sessions about how seniors can prepare for tax season. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, February 26th. Tune in to Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC. For coverage of all the week's events, our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.